Oh, praise God. Well, I got all my crying out this morning on my deck. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I'm going to ask for my family to join us on the platform. So proud of you guys. Come on, bring the kids, bring the grandkids. Come on up and uh, sit in the choir area, if you would. Amen. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. Praise God. I want to say thank you for those that drove in from Kansas City, Lee Summit, and Nixa. And also, we want to say uh, God bless you to those who are watching in Arkansas, family members in Arkansas, Oklahoma, Colorado, and California. We love you guys. Amen. And you are a blessing. And you are a blessing. And we want to say thank you, Mike, you and Blake for coming in this morning, and Gene and Ellie for coming in this morning, and others that came, and we would encourage you to come back tonight and celebrate. In fact, little Stella is so excited about getting your big sister. <laughs> Stella is so happy that we're going to have cake tonight. <laughs> I'm telling you, she, she, wants that, she wants that cake tonight. So several months ago when Sister Blackard and I made the decision that we would retire or we would resign, however you want to put it, I don't think you ever retire, you just put on retreads and keep going, but we said we would give six months and that's what we did. Uh, we announced it in January and uh, here it is the last Sunday of June and so we have fulfilled our commitment. Sister Blackard and I are so pleased that the church membership has voted in an incredible young pastor. An incredible pastor's wife, going to be a new first lady. Incredible lady. Got, uh, well, do I dare say it? I will. Got incredible brains up there. So I do not bring any notes with me today. There was a fellow one time, he said, somebody give me what time it is. And the guy got up in the back and said, Pastor, there's no clock on the wall, but there's a calendar. <laughs> so I've been given permission to do what I need to do today by Pastor Nathan. And so we're going to do our best to be a blessing to you and help you to enjoy the service today. But I went to the book of Philippians chapter 4, and I'm going to ask Chris to read Philippians chapter 4 because it's a farewell message from Paul the Apostle to the church, and I uh, agree with everything that he said. So if it says, my dearly beloved, that means that, Susan, I consider you dearly beloved. We love you. We've always loved you. We've tried to keep, oh, we just, you know, I told my grandson one time, I said, son, I love you truckloads and truckloads. And he looked at me and he said, I love you infinity and infinity. So somewhere in there is where we love you. Go ahead, Brother Chris, if you would start. All right, Philippians chapter 4. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you who I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. I plead with Eudia and I plead with Synthink to be on the same mind in the Lord. They were at odds at each other. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me 
or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Thank you, Brother Chris. Want to keep going? Is there some more? There's some more. Go ahead, then. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied. Now that I have received from Ephroditus the gifts you sent, they are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Praise Greet God. Greet all people in Christ Jesus. The brothers and sisters who are with me send greetings. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. This grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Chris. <laughs> Sister Blacker and I love you. Our family loves you. We always have. We've even loved those who didn't love us. And that was very few, but there was a few, uh, you know. When one of the pastors asked me one time, he says, what's your greatest uh, achievement in ministry? I said, winning those back who wasn't for us. <laughs> but we love you. Uh, the Lord is at hand. That's what he said. He's coming. Keep unity among the brothers and sisters. Things will arise. Don't let, don't let it tear you apart. Don't let it tear the church apart. You have been good to us in providing for Sister Blackard and I a living. We appreciate everything that you have done to be a blessing to us financially, spiritually, emotionally. And then uh, it says, think on the good things of life. All right, now I'm going to preach. If you would look at a fence post, and if you see on the top of that fence post a turtle, you would look at that and you would say, oh, that's interesting. That's a miracle that the turtle could get up on the fence post. It's a miracle that the turtle could set up on that fence post and, and fly up there, how, climb up there. How he got up there is a miracle, and, the, and he's looking good. He's really looking good up there. And the reason why he's looking good up there is, is because he's elevated. He's up. People are looking at that turtle and they're scratching their head and wondering, how did he do that? Well, I got news for you. How he did it, somebody helped the turtle get on top of the fence post. I would be so remiss if I said that it was all about Susan and Alvin. Amen. Yeah, I'm so far from the truth. Let me tell you, there are so many in this church in the past in the present and in the future that were such a blessing to us that they got us on the fence post and made us look good. I was thinking this morning, sitting there on the deck, drinking a cup of coffee, enjoying the beautiful, beautiful weather. We had a family gathering yesterday, and my, did we ever have fun. We, we broke out homemade ice cream from my mother's recipe and Suzanne brought it, amen, and they had to get on to me because I was getting into it way too much. <laughs> but I, first I want to I wanna thank my father and my mother. Pastor Blackard Sr. was old school and Sister Blackard Sr. was as sweet as they come. She smoothed out everything that my dad would mess up. She'd smooth it right out. 
If it wasn't for Sister Blackard, Anna, Marie, a, I'm t uh, Freeman Blackard, amen, my dad would have probably got out of the ministry a long time ago and went back to doing iron work. But she was smooth. In fact, she was so smooth, she was smooth without being oily. I still have people come up to me and say, I just loved your mother. I said, well, I'm glad because I loved her too. Wouldn't she special? And I'll tell you what. Oh, Pastor Blacker Sr., boy, he could, he could get with it. They, I wasn't here that night, but he, they had a revival hit. And the old church pews were different than these right here. And I mean, he jumped up on one of them right here on the front. And he ran all the way back on skipping over people and, and hitting they didn't believe it, but they saw it. I told my mother one time, I said, Mom, I feel the Lord so good I could run through that wall. She looked at me and she said, You better make sure it's God. <laughs> you better make sure that it's the Lord telling you to run through that brick wall. Amen. But Susan, I, wanna, I want you to know that, that I appreciate and, and love my mom and dad, and you love my mother and my dad so much and you know my mother was instrumental in well I got to be careful here but I'm telling you she prayed some out and prayed Susan in <laughs> it's been an incredible adventure one of the things family that has been such a blessing to me personally and to sister Susan has been God has given us an incredible opportunity to be mentors to young preachers I went back in my memory and I thought about some who we mentored and brought on board. Now, I will tell you, I'm old school, so whenever I came on board, uh, I was with my dad and mom 13 years. You think about that. 13 years, I, I had to come up through the ranks. I remember the day that after Susan and I got married and we were moving into the parsonage over here, I remember we took the whole back bedroom and we put our furniture in there and I look at it, I could pick it up with one hand. It was so cheap. But it did what we needed to have it done. Amen. What was, where's my thought at? What did I say? Came up through the ranks. Right. It took me six years to get uh, ordained in the ministry. So I started by picking up papers and fixing the songbooks and cleaning the bathrooms. I'd go outside and mow the yard. No. It wasn't necessarily that. It was I had to do that if I wanted to get a paycheck. <laughs> I moved tables and I, I picked up chairs and I moved. I tell you what, I, I did it all, amen. I, I mean, it was just me and him. And one day he said, I'm going to elevate you, Alvin. I said, oh, that's wonderful. What are you going to have me do? He said, I'm going to have you to be the youth pastor. I said, that's wonderful. I'll be, well, I'll be uh, even with the children's pastor, Sister Susan, because she, she was already doing children's work before I ever came on board, before I ever came on scene. He said, no, you'll never get to that status, but you'll do okay. <laughs> and so I became the youth pastor, amen, and I enjoyed it. I loved every minute of it. I enjoyed the, oh, I, I tell you, I, I enjoyed it all. It was a challenge because you've got to keep the kids happy and the parents happy at the same time. And you can't tell on the kids, but you need to tell on the kids. It's a tough job. Youth pastor is a tough, tough job. I'll never forget the day whenever... Whenever my dad called me into his office, he said, he said, I'm going to elevate you again. I said, oh, you are. What are you going to do? He said, we're going to hire a youth pastor, and we're going to make you an associate pastor. I said, what does that mean? He said, he said you're going to get to preach. I said, I like that. He had faith in me, and he had faith in Susan to bring us along. And for that, I am so grateful that Susan and I, Sister Susan and I, have been able to be a blessing to so many young men and women who are coming up through the ranks uh, and becoming ministers of the gospel. I'm going to start with Mary Catherine. When I became the associate pastor, and you did, you did. You were right there in the youth group, eh, bad. It's great. Mary became our Christian education pastor and did a good job until another church stole her. That's been the history of Northside is we raise them up and somebody comes and gets them. <laughs> and that's all right. She 
she did. She taught a lot of people how to be children's pastors. You know, she would go out and do revival services, and she'd get me to go with her. And every now and then, she'd get me to sit in that dummy chair. And she'd look at me, and she'd just say, all you got to do, all you got to do, just move your mouth. And she'd get, she'd get going with that ventriloquism, amen. And well, you know, tell them what she'd say. But I loved her, so I did it. I may, I'm just going to jump around here a little bit, but I hope you like it. I, I went back in my memory bank and I thought about all the young men and women that we were a blessing to have come through the church. We had a young man named Aaron uh, Unthink. He was a, Baptist, he was a, a, a Central Bible College uh, graduate uh, and he was being a senior year. And I asked him to come on and do our worship. And he didn't stay with us very long. He joined up with a group called Truth. And he traveled all over the country singing in this, in this gospel group called Truth, even in big, big stadiums. I remember, I remember some other young ministers that were such a blessing to us. Brother George was uh, involved in uh, doing Christian education work as well. And he stayed with us for three or four years. And then he went to Ohio and took a good church in Ohio. That's one thing that is so good is you raise them up at Northside. We're like an incubator for ministry. You raise them up and they go out and they become successful. We had a young man and his wife who wanted to pastor. And they were our youth pastors for several years. And, and brother and sister Aikens. And they are now pastoring in Oklahoma. He, I said, where do you want to go get a church? He said, I don't know. My wife wants to go to uh, uh, Texas and I need to go to Oklahoma. I said, then go to Texas, Oklahoma border, get you a church. And they've been pastoring in the Assemblies of God for many years. A young man by the name of Dan Collard, Dan and Sherry, they came to us in, uh, in Bible college. And I remember the night that Sister Susan and I went out to the dorm, and uh, the married dorm, and we sat down with Dan and Sherry, and we said, would you consider coming over and being a helpmate to us and, and be youth pastors, amen. And he said, oh, we would love that. They moved on to Kentucky and took a large Beautiful church in Kentucky. Three or four times bigger than Northside. And did good at it. I remember the day that Pastor Simmons came in. And uh, he, sat, uh, he sat right over here where the girls were sitting. And man, he looked sharp. He looked like a Philadelphia lawyer. He had on a brand new suit. He looked so good. And I thought, who is this guy? Come to find out, he fell in love with one of the little girls in the church named Trish Decker. And he asked her to marry him, and she said yes. I thought, what have I got my hands here involved in? And we brought him on board, amen, to do ministry, and uh, he was very, very educated, uh, an incredible uh, educated man. And when we, when we parent-affiliated the church in Willard, we asked... Pastor Carol and Sister Trish to go out and pastor that church. The guy that owned the liquor store was trying to buy the building, and I made up my mind we wasn't going to let him do it. And the board said, yes, let's do it. Let's, let's put him out there if he's willing to do it. And so we had Brother Simmons go out to Willard, and he's, they're doing a great work today. Is there any else in between there until I get to Brother Floyd? Is there anybody else? Okay, thank you, hon. When, when, when my wife says, you're doing good, I go, hubba, hubba, hubba. <laughs> so, so I remember we were, we were in a deacon's meeting. And as we were in the deacon's meeting, amen, we had a young man by the name of Floyd and Karen McDonald. And I think it was Brother Brett Franklin who said, Pastor, let's not let them get away. They were going to go back to one of them uh, in South Carolina, north of somewhere in the Carolinas to go to work for his grandfather who had, had raised up four churches. And I remember I said, well, Brett, you go talk to him. And so Brett went and said, Floyd, we're not going to be able to pay you like, that, like you're worth, but we'll pay you if you'll stay on for a while. And Brother Floyd became our senior associate. I'll never forget the day that I said to him, I said, Brother Floyd, I want you to start a choir. He said, Pastor, I've never, I've never done a choir. I said, you're going to learn. Will you learn? He said, yes, I will. And Brother Floyd became our associate and did an incredible job. And uh, the day 
that I knew that he was ready to go out and pastor a church. You just all you have to do is just listen to him talk a little bit, and you can feel their heart. And I was the presbyter for the North Section. In fact, I was actually the executive presbyter for all of Springfield, Joplin, and and West Plains. And this church that he pastors today came open, and I went to him and I said, Brother Floyd, you really deserve a better church than what I can offer you. And now I don't mean that bad. That tr that church had struggled. And he said, let's go look at it. We went out and looked at it. And he said, I'll pray about it. He didn't pray very long. And he said, I think we'd be, be happy to take it. Today, they have built over a $2 million a beautiful sanctuary out there. And uh, they're running a good uh, attendance. Uh, everything is going well. And I'll tell you, amen. It was sad to see him go. But it wasn't because I knew, and Sister Blacker knew, that it was going to be all right. He was going to do great in the ministry. Now, it's a different story for some of the other associates that were not full-time, but I loved every one of them. Brother Mike's here, and Blake, today. they slipped in. Mike became one of our worship pastors, and amen, just did an incredible job until another church stole him away. Brother Brett Franklin came into our lives here. That's my grandson, if you didn't know. It's Chris and Laney's little boy. Brett Franklin came into our lives in a very rough time. Now, I'm going to say to you, Nathan and Randy, listen. Embrace the tough times in your beginning ministry. We had people that, that weren't happy that we were even considered to be the pastors. But let me tell you. The Lord was in it, been in it, and for that we're grateful. Toughen up. Hit him on the shoulder and tell him he's going to need to toughen up. Yeah. Hey, man, where are you going, girl? Bye. Brett walked in here on a Sunday morning, and I know that God sent him and Shirley to us. And he sat down on the piano right over here, and I will tell you, he had an ability, an incredible, not just to be able to play music, but he had an ability to be able to play for the altar time, and the anointing was there. And Brett and Shirley stayed with Susan and I for many, many years as our worship, I call them worship pastors. Every blessing that we're going to get in heaven, they're going to get a little part of that. All the associates that's been through Northside, they're going to get a little part of it. All those who helped get Susan and I on the fence post, we're going to have a part of it. And Brett would bring on young people, and he would mentor them in worship, starting with his own son, Chris, starting with his son-in-law, Mike, and also being a mentor to Chris. In fact, I think Chris is as good as Brett is right now. Incredible, buddy. Incredible. The day that Brett and Shirley needed to leave Northside was his mother was very ill. They had to go a long ways on the weekend. He was running a business. And with him running the business, uh, he felt guilty of not being here. And he told me, and I said, Brett, God's going to provide. You need to go take care of your mother. You need to go home, take care of your dad, and not be feeling guilty about anything. And I walked in here on a Sunday morning. I said, oh, God, what have we done? And Chris sat down at that piano. In fact, I tell you that he, he played other instruments. played the saxophone. And he had been playing the piano and I in a Christmas program. I said, Chris, I said, what would it take for you to start playing the piano and play a song on uh, Christmas? And he said, well, Dad, it's pretty simple. Just buy me a new guitar. <laughs> so I went looking for guitars and I found the cheapest one they had and had a little <laughs> amplifier to it, you know. And I said, here's my end of the bargain. And he played the piano on a Christmas program uh, amazing Grace, and then he never picked up the saxophone again. 
He just played piano because, you see, God had a plan. God always has a plan. I and Susan have been blessed to have so many rise up and be a part of this ministry. I want to say thank you to Dr. Barbara for catching the vision of the daycare and a good friend with Sister Susan being a good friend and helping us in the initial stages of providing some finances to get us launched. I want to say thank you to Randy for the catching the vision of making it go forward, and she's doing amazing. I'm telling you, they almost wanted to strangle me. Well, you call it what you want. It's, uh, I, we prayed. We prayed. Amen. I know that I'm missing some. And for that, I apologize. It was a very cold morning. Snow was coming down. It's a treacherous morning that morning. And Sister Susan was going to Branson to have a meeting with the folks at Mercy Hospital. Now, you want to have an adventure? Be married to the vice president of Mercy Hospital and be an Assembly God preacher. That had some very interesting moments. So I said, Susan, I'll take you. And so I, we loaded up and, and we started to Branson and we got there. It was up on a hill and she knew and I knew there was going to be a long meeting. You, you can't get ready to buy property and put in a clinic without it being a long meeting. And so I brought my Bible and, and I just had, I filled up the tank and I, I sat there and, and uh, I just tried to lay back and go to sleep, but the Lord wouldn't let me go to sleep because at that particular time, the Southern Missouri District was asking churches to come up with a vision statement. Chris, if you would, walk over here and help me out a little bit. Get you a mic. I'm sitting there in the truck wishing that she would get done in a hurry so we'd go get something to eat. And the Lord began to speak to my heart. This vision statement did not come out of a reader, a junior high reader. It didn't come off the internet. It didn't come anywhere other than from the very heart of God for Northside Assembly. Read the first one if you would. Cultivate Christ's likeness in all. How many agree with that? Lord, let us be more like Jesus. Read the second one. Christ-centered ministry to all. You see, Pastor Blackard doesn't have the capacity up here to come up with this. <laughs> but the Lord did. Read the next one. Christian character from all. Go ahead and read the next one. Congregation of conquerors overall. And then later on, we put in this compassion because it was a sweeping moment that went through our uh, network, our headquarters, and they wanted us to be people of compassion. But I will tell you this, we were already people of compassion long before we wrote this down. A culture of compassion for all. Thank you, Brother Chris. That's good. So I'm going to talk about the deacons just for a moment. And then we'll come back to Sister Susan. When we first began, began to do ministry, there was one deacon that took me under his wings. He was a medical man. He was a very high-ranking medical man in uh, Cox. And he brought me under his wing, and he mentored me for several months on what it was to be a pastor. He stood for Sister Susan and I when some of the others didn't want to stand with us. One guy told me, he said, I'm behind you, Pastor. And when I looked, I found that he was way back behind me. But this man never deviated. He was right spot on. How many would like to know his name? Who? His name was Bob Foley. He was so steady with us. Incredible man. Brother Dan Spickard came on board and took us out of the dark ages. He took everything out of writing down on pencil 
to put us into the computer age. And I tell you, it was a struggle for me. But he said, Pastor, you got to do it. Why not do it now? He brought us into that. When we decided that it was time to remodel the church from the front to the back and put in brand new carpet and put in brand new pews and, and do what we needed to do. with the, We had a sheet up here for many years doing our overhead. It was time to put one in that would automatically rise and move the sound system from down on the floor up to there. There's a young man by the name of Roy Call who stepped up and did an amazing, amazing thing every day over here working. He said to me, he said, I want to shellac the, the ceiling. I said, that's a lot of work. He said, I know, but the pews are gone, and uh, we're, going to, we're going to get the new ones in. He said, 20 years from now, you'll appreciate it. Everybody look up, and look how beautiful and shiny the ceiling is. Thank you, Roy. I had other deacons and their wives who were incredible. I do not have the time this morning and or the memory to give you all their names. But I will tell you that one of the reasons that Sister Susan and I were able to be here in the longevity that we were was because God always gave us good deacons. Nothing any worse than have an unsaved deacon running the church. We've had incredible deacons, including the deacons today. Through our ministration and through our ministry, we've had two deacons that have passed away. Jeff Goodwin passed away of cancer, and Ronnie Luttrell passed away of cancer just recently. That's a pretty good track record. I want to thank Sister Ann Tompkins Bradley for picking up the vision of House of Hope, Renewed Treasures. She's caught that vision, and she's doing an incredible job. Just an incredible job she's doing. And it was not sad for me to take my name off of Renewed Treasures as the chairman of the board. Oh, it's all right. You're, we're in good hands, Sister Anne. You're doing great. And what can I say about Sister Karen Sims? I think over the last 26 years of her being in the office, running the daily operation, doing all the tithes and offerings, and doing the reports for the deacons, and just being a complete blessing to us, I went back when our family sat down, and we said, now that we, Brother Floyd's gone, we need to have somebody come in and help Pastor with all of the office work. And I remember Chris said, Dad... If you, because we had a list, and it got down to like three names. And those three names was Karen Sims, Karen Sims, Karen Sims. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris made the statement. He said, well, Dad, he said, there's something unique about Karen and Ed. They'll be loyal to you. They'll be loyal to this church. They'll be loyal to the Lord. But they will help you do ministry, not just book work. So, Sister Karen, thank you for helping get me... For helping get me on the post, but also keeping me steady while I'm on the post. When the winds came, when adversity came, when trouble came. Now I want to go back to the most special person in this building today. The Sister Susan Ardell Blackford. I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> Sister Susan came to Springfield from Florida. She gave up many scholarships to go to nursing school here. 
And God laid his hand upon Susan and blessed her tremendously with an incredible mind. My mind sometimes is like a box of rocks. Hers is like the sunset and the sunrise. Hers is like incredible. She, she's got an incredible mind, beautiful mind. And so when I first got acquainted with Sister Susan, I didn't know that the deck had been stacked against me. My mother was praying. And I had a terrific accident. I went off of a building and I crushed my heels. And you all know that story. What you do not know is, is that Sister Susan would come in every night and check on me. She'd check on my ankles every night. She's still checking on my ankles. <laughs> she would come in and she would check my ankles and she'd make sure that my medicines were right and that my pillow was fluffed. And one night I got brave. I think it was the morphine. <laughs> but I said, you're a nurse. Do you rub backs? That was back in the day when the nurse would come in and rub you back. And she just shook her head and she started rubbing my back a little bit, you know. I mean, man, it was so fast. It was just, she just did a little bit. She told you she had a brilliant mind. She did that for a few days and, and then one, one night she came in and, and I got really brave and I said, are you a good kisser? She looked at me, and she said, I'm the best there is. I said, well, give me a kiss and let me determine that. She said, not tonight, Buster. Every night she would come in and check on my feet. And I'd say, I've been waiting on that kiss. And she'd say, not tonight. One night, I got a hold of her, pulled her up close to me. I think they'd give me a double dose of the morphine. <laughs> I pulled her up close, and I gave her one of them ruby red <laughs> smackaroonies. <laughs> and I said, whoo, hubba, 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 hubba. <laughs> oh, come on, don't count that against us. And we got married. Well, I'm telling you. David, I don't even know how to describe it. It was wet, moist. It was... <laughs> come on, guys. Come on. Sister Susan is doing this better. She's the very best. She's the best thing that's happened to me. Apart from my salvation and the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Oh, she's still got it. She's got it. So you got to understand something. Uh, we have a friend of ours that has a syndicated TV show. And she said to me one day, she said, Alvin, she said, because, of your, because you're successful is because you allowed your wife to be successful in her endeavors. Now listen, it's not an easy thing to be a woman and be elevated to a senior vice president in the Mercy St. John system when they know that she's an Assemblies of God, Pentecostal pastor's wife. I don't know how many times that I went with her to interview MDs from all over the country that would come in here and she'd give them a steak meal and I'd be there with her and she'd tell me, don't say nothing unless I let you. Don't ask them no questions. This is my interview. And she'd interview those, me those medical doctors uh, to whether or not she wanted to hire them to, to go into one of the clinics. Now, you have to understand that Sister Susan, she's the one that's in, in, involved in getting all these clinics all over the southern Missouri area to get them in. And I remember that I had one little contribution. I so told her, I said, have you considered the old Race Brothers building down on Kearney? 
She's got plenty of parking. She'd give me that look like, if I want some advice from you, I'll ask for it. <laughs> she had a plate full. And that was one of her first ones. And we brought, she brought in a medical doctor, and we sat there, and she interviewed him. One of many. I, I enjoyed the steak. I can't tell you how many parties that Sister Susan would host and bring in the top echelon of uh, the CEOs and the, and the financial officers and the doctors and the nurses that she worked with. And I look forward to it because we played Boulder Dash and I was good at it. If you don't know what Boulder Dash is, it's you, you take and you pull a card and you, you, try to, you try to fake them out. You tell lies like you know what it is. I'd whip them young doctors so bad they wouldn't even know what hit them. Oh, come on. I even got bold one time and I said, hey, how about you guys build an Assembly God church? Pay for it out of the Catholics. <laughs> I almost got them to do it. They at least considered it. And it all started... Because God had his hand upon Sister Susan. She would go on the weekends and she would take and she would do kids revivals. And then she'd come in here on Sunday morning and do children's church. She was raising our children. And she always found time to be a blessing to me in the ministry. She wasn't here every day. A lot of times she didn't know what was going on. But I will tell you. She was on that phone constantly helping people. Even today, I have pastor's wives comes up and say, Oh, Susan, how's she doing? She was such a blessing to me and my family. She loved this church. She gave years and years and years in ministry to your children and your grandchildren. She always found time to be a blessing to myself, and to our family. And Susan, let me tell you, you were very instrumental in getting that turtle on top of that fence post. Couldn't have done it without you. In fact, let me rephrase that. I wouldn't have done it without you. You're such a blessing. I'm sure that I've missed something this morning, but this has been my heart to tell you that it's not about Pastor Alvin and Sister Susan alone. Turn to somebody and look at him and say, you're a big part of this today. Our prayer for the last several months has been this. Lord, turn the hearts of the people to Pastor Randy and Pastor Nathan. Chris, if you'll get that microphone real quick and bring it up here. I'm going to invite any member of our family to come and share your heart. Uh, Pastor Nathan said we can stay here late. You can, you know, so we'll just start with whoever wants to say something. You guys grew up? Yeah. You grew up in here. Take the mic. Take, take, a, take the microphone and bless them. I was saved in this church. I was baptized in this church. I went to camp every year until they told me I couldn't come back. I got my first kiss behind the church. <laughs> <laughs> was it one of them juicy ones? Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, yeah. But you know, I got, I got married <laughs> in this church. I had my kids dedicated in this church. You know, we buried... My mom and dad, and they were both in this church. They had their last service in this church. So this is just such a homecoming tonight, today, and it's just a blessing to be here. And I agree with everything that Alvin said, and this church is going to go strong. It's going yes, to it continue is. to grow. And uh, God's had his hand in this church since the day the doors opened. Who's next? That's fine. So I um, 
if I can recall this right, I was the first baby born into the pastor's home in this church. So Susan came into our life when I was about two. And I started doing kids' crusades with her when I was about five. <laughs> Learned how to do puppets. And, you know, the church is the church is the body. We are the body. We are the church. It's not just in the doors, but this building has such significance today. The memories have such significance today. Over time, over, I'm 53, and I've been in this, this is my home church, until we went out into the ministry to other parts. We see different faces here today. We see some we know. The nice thing about this is when we give our heart to God and we serve him, we'll have another reunion. And Alvin and Susan have served this church well under my mom and dad, and I know Nathan and Randy will serve this church well in the future. But I guess I just would want to encourage you today. It is nice to go back and have memories. Oh, and by the way, when Alvin was all laid up after his answer, it was in mom and dad's dining room, just so you know. <laughs> so there was always, always accountability. But she I'm wouldn't kiss me in my mom and dad's house. Well, she probably saw mom in the corner. <laughs> just to clarify that, we're talking memories, because I was young, I was little, I remember hearing that. And as I went on into ministry, I was able to take memories that I had experienced here and memories that I had known from my family sitting around the Thanksgiving dinner talking about. And it was always nice to be able to say, you know, I know how God's power works. My brother Alvin is not supposed to live. My brother Les and Wes were not supposed to get on a bus. Yeah. I guess I would encourage you today as just people trying to serve God. We all are. Serve God and walk one foot in front of the other. Do what you need to do in the church. Take the memories that you have, but make sure it doesn't just stop when you walk out the door. So, Alvin and Susan, I'm really happy that you're able to retire. I told Alvin, he said, I have a full platter. I said, throw it away. <laughs> don't, don't, don't have a platter. Just let God refresh and renew. And today, I just that's what I encourage. Get behind Randy and Nathan. Continue to do the work. But you all remember this. These memories are valuable. I have my grandchildren today in church. I have my daughter that was dedicated in church here. And I'm, just, I'm thankful today for God. I'm thankful that he orchestrates. The word says, the steps of the righteous are ordered by him. And sometimes our steps, we think, why in the world are we stepping that way? What is it? Or sometimes we come to the end of the sidewalk and not sure what to do. But it is evident today that God is in it here. So be blessed, Northside. Be blessed, Randy and Nathan. I know you will do a good job. And Alvin and Susan aren't going anywhere. So they're going to come see their son preach. <laughs> I have so many things that I want to say, but I, I don't know if I can get them all mushed together correctly. But I'm incredibly thankful for, like Pastor was saying, the pastors that are uh, raised up out of this church and sent on, because one of them was uh, brother and sister Franklin, so Brett and Shirley Franklin's son, Chris Franklin, was um, a worship raised up here and then became a worship pastor here and then sent to a church that I was in attendance at. And that's where I met Chris Franklin. And then they moved on from that church. And eventually they were the ones that came to me and said, hey, I have this friend named Chris Blackard. <laughs> and we were set up and we uh, didn't stop dating after that. And um, so I'm incredibly grateful for that. Um, so you never know what God's doing, <laughs> but, um, also just, I felt welcomed, uh, into this church from the moment that I stepped foot in, in here. Actually, I was welcomed by, um, Heather Daughtery, and she said, I've been really wanting to meet you, and that is Brett and Shirley's daughter, and then her husband's here today, and, and their son. Um, but anyway, I'm so grateful for what God has done in that family through this, in this church, too. Um, I think about my first Sunday here, and uh, I sat with Chris, and I was dating him, and pastor said, Chris has a friend with him today, <laughs> and I was like, well, girlfriend, but you know, but I'm really grateful, <laughs> I'm grateful for that moment, I'm grateful that we got married here, and then um, pastor and uh, Susan and the church lovingly accepting me as the worship pastor at the young age of 20. And Chris and I have been um, getting to do ministry here now for at least 11, 12 years. 
And yeah, we're so grateful. But I want to say is um, this, this church has been incredibly encouraging and not, um, not critiquing, not, um, I don't know how to say that, but a lot of that is because we have a pastor who is an encourager. And he doesn't, he doesn't sit and nitpick. He doesn't critique. He encourages. And because of that encouraging, people that are under his headship and have been under his headship get to flourish. They get to grow. They get to make mistakes. And boy, I've made many up here and in ministry. But I've never, I never have had, um, I think you get what I'm trying to say, is, is Pastor and Susan and so many people here, they encourage, they encourage, they encourage. And that is what has allowed so many people to go out into the mission, um, into the mission field, into the kingdom work of God is through that encouragement. And I also want to say, too, that being under pastor's leadership um, has, has meant a lot to me, too, because pastor is dad, <laughs> is the same He's the same guy everywhere he goes. He's a man of integrity. He's a man who lives it out. He's a man who walks it out. And so to me, more than any sermon that you've ever preached, it's your life. Your life preaches it. And so um, I don't know if I said all that in any way that was eloquent, but I'm grateful. I'm profoundly grateful for, for Pastor, for Susan, for Mom, Dad, that um, they've allowed our family to get to flourish under your ministry, too. Big day, Dad. This kind of uh, goes way back for some of you, but um, I'm not going to just talk about Dad, but I'm not going to tell you the name of the other person I'm going to talk about, but her initials are Susan Blackard. <laughs> My kids don't have that joke yet. Anyway, um, man, Delaney's just, she hit on so many things, yeah. I'm going to say. But first off, like, what a gift to be your son, to grow up in your house. Like, you guys just covered us as kids with love, with fun. Um, and, and what's cool is since we were all kids, we're just thrown in the van, thrown and brought to the church and a part of it all. You know, we played hide and seek in the baptismal. I mean, we'd sing songs when we weren't even singing. I mean, it didn't matter what it was. You brought us, you just brought us along. And, um, you know, one of the things I was going to mention is encouragement. It's been so awesome when there are good things or hard things in my life to pick up the phone and call my mom and dad. And you guys always, like, if it's a good thing, you made it even better. If it was a hard thing, you made it better. And, you know, that, like, being able to do that just so faithfully in your family and then also faithfully in this church. I know anybody who's had a hard time, who's had a struggle physically or spiritually, when you reach out to Pastor and Sister Susan, they're always there. And like, like, like my wife said, <laughs> that's just been every day of my life. And honestly, you know, you mentioned greatest gifts, but seriously, one of the greatest gifts to me is getting to be your child. And I remember, um, I remember as a kid, we were at the church and we were praying and I said, dad, I was like, what is wrong with your knees? What is, what is that that's on your knees? And you are the only man I know whose knees are scarred with prayer. I love you. Love you, Dad. Love you, Mom. Take it over and give it to Don, if you would. Oh, wait a minute. Catherine wants to say something. Rowan wants to say something. Okay, Rowan, go ahead, buddy. Um... I am just so thankful that um, I have two wonderful grandparents who um, were, are the past, were the pastors of this church, and um, they've just always been there for me, and I'm just very thankful for Thank that. Thank you, Rowan. 
All I really want to say is I'm wanting to thank God for bringing my family all back together. Yeah. I'm, I'm your niece, but I look at this church and I see legacy. And yes, you do. I grew up almost as like a granddaughter to you as well. So I thank you for everything and keeping on the, the legacy with my kids of the Blackford family. You want to say something, Jesse? Um, I was also saved in this church and went to church camp many summers with you guys. Kind of just took me in and let me be a part. Um, so I'm just forever grateful for this family. My son was also dedicated in this church, which is very special. Um, and I'm just grateful for, for you guys and what you've done and Grandma and Grandpa for paving the way and you guys yes. continuing that. So yep. mm -hmm. I pray for you. Um, Randy and Nathan, and I just thank you that you're going to continue carrying that torch and keep it going. So, Amen. Can you, yeah. Um, I'm just, I, I don't have much to say. I just think it's amazing that my grandparents were able to build this church, and I think it's so cool that all of their children are here with their children. I think that's that's just like such a amazing thing to see, and it's a great honor to be a part of it. And I'm really thankful for the impact that this church has on the community, and I've seen the impact that it has had on my life, and it's just, it's amazing. And it, it's only something that God could do. Amen. When I was brought into the Blackard family, it was in a, a pretty rough time for me and the kids. And um, I lived in Missouri a long time without any family. And one of my biggest heart's desire was to have family. And so when he brought us into the Blackard family, the first Christmas we spent with them, I think we left with about $2,000 worth of gifts in my trunk. And I was just like so confused. I was like, they don't even know me. They don't even know the kids. <laughs> But it was, it was this outpouring of love and generosity and giving that um, I'd never seen before, I'd never experienced before. And they live like that in their, in their lives, in their ministry, is just in that heart posture of giving always. And I just want to say that um, one of my favorite things about, about Pastor Blackard is just what an incredible dad. I didn't have a dad growing up, and so he's filled that role in my life in such a beautiful way and just to, that encouragement that you guys all have all heard he's like hey I need you to do this thing he's really good at saying hey I want you to do this thing and most of us probably go I've never done that before and he just always has that vision to cast over us to to do the thing and so um, he had to chase me around the church a few times to get me to say yes on the daycare but um, but I'm I'm actually grateful because I wouldn't have done I wouldn't have done it at all ever. But um, but I, but I do feel very blessed to be a part of of the daycare and his vision on that because um, Renewed Treasures has been such a beautiful ministry in this church and I believe his vision for the daycare just really ties in with that because the Lord wants to restore the entire family and so I just really I I caught the vision I was captured but I'm just so grateful for um, for your leadership and uh, Sister Susan, the countless hours this woman has spent, the Lord has healed my body um, so, so miraculously, but a lot of it has come at her hand and her wisdom over the years of spending time with me and um, do it, making me do all the things and ordering all the stuff and drinking all the things and all of that. So uh, she made me um, obey it whether I wanted to or not. We can all say amen to that. So I'm just grateful for um, your your knowledge. Like, I love to sit and talk to you about all the brainy stuff. And um, I, I think most of the time I can keep up, you know, at least 10%. But I love talking to you. And I love your, um, your friendship and just your great mom. And I'm especially grateful that you brought me this guy. Well, it's hard to know what to say because everybody here loves Pastor. 
He has been like a father to so many people. I think he's married most of my friends. I think he's dedicated most of the babies that have entered into the church. And he's just the most non-judgmental person I've ever met in my life. And he has a really good way of checking me because I've came to him different times. And, you know, one time somebody in the church got pregnant and uh, it was out of wedlock. And I kind of said something to my dad and he goes, praise God, she's keeping the baby. You know, he just always has this way of perspective. And uh, there's some stories that just, you know, constantly marinate in my mind of how, how approachable he is and how he has just been like a father to so many different people. And that God keeps expanding his love and his capacity to love. And he's just, he's been the best dad, but he's just a phenomenal grandpa. I know Riker's sad to miss today, but I mean, he's just instrumental in, in Riker's life. And, uh, you know, we've heard him preach so many times. I've woke up on these pews, like in other people's laps, and we've pretty much, you know, just like lived here and all the youth pastors that have been over us and children's pastors that have been over us. But there's always one sermon that really sets with me because it's always that we're at the beach. And even on Sundays, he would still want to glorify the Lord. And we didn't want to take a lot of time but he would give the same, same sermon each time we were at the beach. And he would say, if there was a bird and it flew to the beach and it took a piece of sand and it took that piece of sand back and it dropped it in the Grand Canyon and it flew back and it grabbed another piece of sand and it continued, when it was done, eternity would just be getting started. And he's always had such a capacity and perspective to keep everything kingdom-minded. And so I'm really excited to see what's happening and where everything's going to go for him because it's not stopping. You know, God's going to use him to the very last minute. And we're just so thankful for all of you and sharing Pastor Dad. Amen. Susan, would you come join me, please? Come up here and join me. Nathan and Randy, would you come uh, join us as well? You share whatever's on your heart, Susan. Well, I've been here longer than he has, so it's been 52 years for me. I came when I was 16 years old. Um, I, I finished high school a little early, and I said, God, you got to give me the money. My parents don't have it. My daddy picked cotton with my grandpa, who was an Assemblies of God pastor. And um, my grandmother said, my mother's mother said, I've got $500 saved. Do you think you can get started in school? So, I don't know, but I got to fly up there and get tested. And, and I was approved, and they took my $500. But the miracle came when God said, you're going to go to find you a church here. And this bus showed up one day. The mom, the mom we had over at the dorm said, there will be about six Assemblies of God buses stop here. I said, I want the first one. That's what God told me. And there was Paul Schultz, a missionary that rides horses. You all know who Paul is. Okay? And he says, oh, my girl, you get on here. I'll take care of you. I'm like, I don't know if I'm in the right place or not. He goes, oh, no, you'll love the church. And then I fell in love with Alvin's mom and dad. And uh, it's been a journey. Um, and yes, he wouldn't play my dummy, the ventriloquist doll, but he would, he would protect me wherever we traveled to to do kids' crusades. But I'm thankful that of all the, God has gave me so many gifts to help people. And I do try to help people. And we're going to still be part of our family here, supporting Nathan and Randy. Praise God. Well, Susan, uh, yes. I wish we had time to tell you all the accolades that Sister Susan has done. I was hiring uh, Tony Tilton to make us our uh, uh, cooker, and Susan was hiring him to make the perpetual flame in the cancer center. But it was all about the glory of God, and for that we are so very fortunate. I want to—I'm uh, remiss to not mention three more people. First of all, is Kathy Hanna. She was a, a wonderful f a friend of the family. She did ministry here. I want to say thank you to Larry Bentley who would come in and just minister and encourage me uh, when I needed encouragement. And then uh, Ed Sims, just a friend, a good friend. And uh, I'm, I'm sure we've missed others. But here's what we want to do.
to close out our service today is we want to serve you communion. I'm going to ask Chris if he would go to the piano, if he would please, and begin to play. Nathan and uh, Randy, this is kind of our way of in-house Northside Assembly doing that transfer. I'm very happy, very at peace. I think Susan is as well. We're just so happy that you guys came today, to made the effort to come. But we're going to open up communion here in just a moment. And how we're going to do it is, please don't worry about coming to Susan and I or, or Nathan Randy. Just come and partake of communion. We'll have plenty of time tonight to hug and uh, to love on each other. But this morning we want to close our time as the pastors of this church to give you communion. To say as often as you partake of this, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. And we are expecting each and every one of you to be in heaven. I'm going to say that again. We expect each and every one of you to be in heaven. So we're going to come down and prepare the elements. And um, we want you to come. Find a place wherever you want to be.